Welcome to Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dom went from a life of organized crime to federal prison. There God saved him and set him free. Soon after his release, he attended seminary and received his master's degree and is now the senior pastor of Desert Sky Baptist Church, where he serves with a passion for biblical theology right here in Casa Grande. Now let's join our host, Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dominic Grimaldi here with Street Talk Theology, where we take theology and bring it to the streets. Give me a shout out, Pastor Grimaldi Gmail. Got my co-host with me, Pastor Michael Teddy. We will continue. We started a conversation about male headship or uh, some of that, speaking about that and really looking at the biblical mandate of men and women's roles. First of all, in the church, in society, the way God ordained it, and we know that's been usurped uh, by so many type of movements and, and things of that nature. And Pastor Michael was saying that India is probably five, six years behind the United States. So where, you know, some of the issues of uh, woman pastors um, in the church, gay women being, pa- I mean, just a whole bunch of upheaval against the word of God. But now this is kind of infiltrated in India. Because uh, Pastor Michael will correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I was just listening to his colloquy on the last segment that the church in India is probably five, six years behind. So now it's starting to infiltrate in India and it's already happened. And then he was saying because of the uh, this movie that came out, the Barbie movie, that was a kind of a fire that was lit, a catalyst again, where this is kind of a f- feathers are rustling again, or the winds are starting to blow in this direction. Um, is that fair to say, Michael? I think, Pastor, I think that's what you were getting at when we, when me and you went into a whole nother direction. Uh, well, not not in a whole nother direction, but but um, we went off on a little bit of a tandem. Yeah, it is, and it's definitely a growing trend. It's it's a big thing, um, and just movies like Barbie are just one of those things that uh, seem to want to propagate that idea. And I think a lot of this argument that the culture makes or the cultural influence into the church is based on um is is based on talent it's based on gifting so the argument goes this way where um what if there is a woman who is gifted in preaching or gifted in language or gifted in exegesis who are you to prevent her from preaching if she can do twice a good job as the man can or that particular man can Uh, Who are you to say that women are not equally good at doing what men do? So that's how the argument goes usually. But that's not the biblical argument at all that we are trying to make. Uh, The point is not a comparison of ability. The point is the structure of the world as God has created it. Amen. It It is the way God intended for it is his design in the way he created it 
So the submission of the woman is so important and she doesn't submit because she can't do what the man can do in that sense of it. Uh, but there are many things that women simply can't do what men generally can. Uh, women are the weaker vessel. Biologically, women are created in such a way that by and far, generally, women are not able to do or compete physically with men in many regards. So you have, you know, in America, you have all of these Olympic sports uh, where you've got these transgender men basically dressing up as women competing in women's sports and they're you know winning all the races and they're winning all the competitions and you put these same men who pretend to be women in men's sports they can't even get qualified and so it's it's a way of so you know you've got men pretending to be women who are doing wrestling what is that and so it's not about it's the, the the argument really isn't even about ability the argument is about god's design and so as christians we want to structure society according to god's design that's the issue is all of it is coming against what god has ordained and and it's always in the form of of i'm trying to think of the word i want to use it's always the form of making someone a victim. We we live in a victimhood culture. Everybody's a victim. I mean, nobody realizes. You know, if you know, you think about it. You can't search your heart. You can't know your heart really unless you have the Holy Spirit. Because if you realize, by God's grace, when He gives one the Spirit, they realize in their hearts how sinful they are and how much in their hearts that they must repent of how they have just usurped God's authority on every level, not only on this level of male headship or of things of that nature or uh, different roles in the Bible, they have trampled God's word underfoot every minute of their lives. Me first and you second, Pastor Michael. And, and I know you agree and I'm not trying to get preachy or at the end of the day, God owes us absolutely nothing, zero. Yeah. The only thing we deserve is hell. And these, we just keep the world, and you wonder if, I'm talking about America now, since you spoke about India, you wonder if America has already been deemed apostate, where there's no turning back. It doesn't matter, yeah. because we've trampled God's word underfoot and then at the end of the day, you'll you'll hear things like people will say, "God bless America." No, that that's the wrong that's the wrong quotation. It should be "America bless God." You know, the, the, we got things just twisted. You know, it's, yeah. it's America should bless God. God, you know, God doesn't owe America nothing, zero. Right. We owe him everything. I'm sorry that that just got me a little bit. <laughs> no, it's. Very good. In fact, you know, one of the things I was thinking about is how easily repentance to sin is replaced in culture by an applauding of sin. So the way the culture deals with the guilt of sin that is there because sin is evil is by accommodating sin and applauding it and making it the norm. So everybody applauds it. And everybody rejoices over it. 
and that's the work of the enemy in fact you know there was a time in culture where if you were someone who suffered from depression or some form of a mental problem it was something you kept to yourself it was not something you were proud of it was not something that you wanted to propagate but with the advent of technology it's shocking the number of people who go on instagram just to announce themselves as depressed so that they can get more attention it has become a means of attention so now i meet a lot of youngsters who go through depression who wear it like a badge mm. and culture teaches them that you know what if you suffer from depression it doesn't make you less it doesn't it's not none of it's not your problem wear it man wear it like a badge and be bold and be and rejoice over it no we don't want to rejoice over it because it is something that is in a broken world a broken reality and we want to overcome it we want to call evil evil we want to call sin sin and then we want to repent of sin and we want to actively do everything to be better to be more and that's what the christian world view offers is the truth is the reality where you see the world that way and so in the same way when it even comes to the role of men and women that's what happens it is it is sin is rejoiced over and uh, male headship and masculinity are looked down upon and you know in in the west basically if you look at the racial or you know fights that's happening everywhere in the west if today if you know this is the kind of things we hear so if you're a white man you're already a racist if you're a white man then you know you're already privileged uh if you're a white man you're already a sinner simply because of your skin color and that's supposed to be anti-racism but it is in fact just racism going the other way and the whole point of it is that we we have allowed culture to dictate to us the world to dictate to us what is the moral grounds of understanding right and wrong instead of having scripture dictated to the world so we have churches today where we have people standing on the shoes of culture looking inward and judging the church instead of standing on scripture from within the church and judging the culture because that's what we are called to do we look we're called to look from the inside out and that's what jesus called us to be right jesus said though they are in the world they are not of the world and though they must remain in the world we are preserved from evil because that is what jesus prayed to the father to keep us and so the point is we take scripture and biblical doctrine and god's design and use that as the principal basis to judge the world not the other way around you know the when you were talking about this here's the problem i think we got ideologies replacing theology and that that's the Amen. issue yeah you we have these ideologies and there ever you know um peter berger uh coined the term he's a christian writer and and he coined a term that was called cognitive contamination and it's an interesting view because the world comes with these ideas and they catch on like colds right they cognitively contaminate and as they fade out another one just surfaces and i look at this as what you're saying these different ideologies 
You know, 50 years ago, who would have these discussions? These discussions would not be had. But, and the issue is years ago, it took a lot of years for things to turn around. But today, these ideologies surface so fast, you can't keep up with them. You know, it's, you know, it's transgender, it's this gender, it's now you can be a boy or a girl, and one day you're a boy, next day you're a girl. You know, now you got uh, public schools that they don't even have to tell the parents if if their children are thinking that they're not the gender that God has ordained them to be. This stuff, when you talk, when you talk like this, Michael, they want to stone you. I mean, we can't have a discussion. We don't have no voice today. And I was talking to my wife just for a little bit. And, you know, there was something about politics in there, you know, thinking about, you know, the votes with Republican and they might with Trump and, and Biden, if that happens again and how they would run. And, and, you know, we were talking about, you know, how the LGBTQ community is such a small um, they got a loud voice, but they're such a small minority. But I was telling Rachel, I says, they're a small minority. But in America, you got either somebody's Republican or Democrat. That's just the way they're going to vote. It doesn't matter who the candidate is, right? So that small community, believe it or not, means a lot. Because that small community is going to be swayed to the party that's going to give them their platform, so to speak. So what's, what happens is that small community becomes a large voice in the culture because they depend on them to bring that party over the top. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And, you know, again, going back to the victim culture that you were talking about, that's what happens. You no, know, when people stand up and call themselves vic- victims, they are putting your, they, they're trying to put you in a moral corner, in a moral dilemma but what do you do with victims? You can't you can't scream at them because then you're a bad guy. You can't argue with them because then you're a bad guy. Uh, you can't oppose them because then you're a bad guy. So by playing the victim card, they get what they want. And it's just childish because that's what kids do, right? When you don't give kids what they want, they act out and they act out like victims. They roll on the ground and they cry and they weep. And my son Ethan is that age now where he is learning how to throw tantrums and none of us have taught him that he hasn't watched and learned it from us. It's just inbuilt in his sinful self. He knows exactly what to do in acting out in the flesh to act out like a victim. Now here's, here's the thing that that is still allowed in India. We can spank our kids. We don't have (laughs) to spare the rod and we do it righteously lovingly but we still do it and so it puts his flesh in a corner it teaches him no you cannot do that that's a bad way to deal with the situation you don't act like a victim you reason it out and if you've done wrong you obey your parents but that's just not how culture is so i think you know part of all that we're seeing today is also the lack of godly parenting because it's probably the lack of spanking you know, you might go to jail if you lived in America now today with that. So let me, I, so I'm just interested. How does Ethan take that when you got to, what's his repercussion or what is he? He he is, he loves his parents. He loves us. He We spend a lot of time with him. We play with him. We love him 
we love him so much we pour out our love in every way and so our discipline then becomes an act of our love and so he is not you know when he gets when he gets a spanking he's upset that we are upset he's upset that he's done something wrong and then we embrace him and we restore back fellowship because that's essentially what it is disciplining is when your child is falling out of fellowship and then you're disciplining them and bringing them back into fellowship with the family and the restoration process is joyful it's wonderful it's healthy you know and the and the bible very clear god's design is where the bible very clearly says that a father who spares the rod hates his son but i love him too much to spare the rod and so i make sure that i um, i am righteously using spanking <laughs> oh you'd really be in trouble in america <laughs> uh, pastor michael now that means once you do that he doesn't never disobey again right <laughs> uh no way he goes right back at it uh but but over time you know uh, my uncle has five kids uh, five daughters that he's raised and all of them are uh, godly all of them are obedient and uh, and they grew up like that and he talks about same thing that Doug Wilson talks about is that if you if if you do not spare the rod for the first 5 years of their life they learn discipline they understand what it means that increasingly you don't have to use it as they grow up and uh, they grow in discipline again uh, we don't believe in harming children we don't believe in scarring children and so we are very strategic about where we spank how we spank and uh the measure to which we do it and uh, and the and the intention is not to harm the intention is to help to aid to assist and again that's the design that god created and so none of us want to harm our children but we want to train them and so um so yeah, we uh, you know we do that a lot when we when we have to but the point is that we're training him in discipline so that when he grows up he doesn't act out like so much of the cultural world is acting out today that he learns the importance of discipline and he learns how to reason and argue and not be a victim not play the victim card but if if we don't discipline him at all he'll always get what he wants and he'll grow up and continue playing the victim so that he gets what he wants which is exactly what we're seeing in culture it's an untamed culture it's a it's an indisciplined culture and uh, we we can trace a lot of that to just poor parenting and it is important for parents to raise their children in the training and admonition of the lord without sparing the rod yeah, i think i i lost you half your audience <laughs> no no i think i think america needs to hear that um but you see the way you're framing it you're framing it as a love for the child you're not harming anybody you're not looking to harm you're looking to correct because you want your child to grow up in the fear and admonition of the lord because at the end of the day when ethan is old enough to realize and you can turn around and say ethan i brought you up the way the bible teaches me to bring you up that's the best chance that you have to succeed. Now, culture may teach me another thing how you can succeed by playing a victim card, by saying you're depressed, by saying, "Well, my daddy never gave me what I wanted." 
So when you're able to explain this to Ethan, you give him a foundation that's not built on sand. Because these other foundations that we spoke about, these other ideologies, they change over time. They change with the times where the biblical foundation never changes. I, I, I was, I don't know if I was, it was this week when I was preaching, I'm preaching through Genesis, Michael, and I, I, I was telling the congregation the reason that they built those monuments, those, those pillars, was to bring their, not for them, I mean, they went through the experience, was to say, hey, this is where the Lord was, this is what we learned, this is why you need to be, like Peter says, you have to be brought into remembrance. So mm -hmm. now when your child is ready to bring up his child, he already has a memorial stone, so to speak, of how to bring up that child because you taught him because you brought him up that way. Does that make sense? It does. In fact, Ethan is only one and a half years old. And when we spank him, we explain to him why. He can barely speak. He can't, you know, he can just yeah. say a few words. But still, we we speak to him because we know he understands what we're trying to say because he catches on so much. So we explain to him, no, this is bad. Jesus does not like this. This is a wrong thing to do. This is, does not glorify God. So here is how you should do it. And so even now, we're not waiting for him to grow up to give him that training or to explain why we're behaving the way we're behaving. We're giving it to him today. And we're making sure that he understands. And yes, it is an act of love that you are training and teaching them to behave in such a manner. And sometimes they may they may understand more than they can express. Absolutely. I believe so. Because it's pretty evident from the way he does the things that he does. Because one thing that Doug Wilson said, which struck me and which I see in my son, is that he is able to reason to the point of knowing how he can throw tantrums to get what he wants. He's making a lot of logical connections and he's able to come to the conclusion, if I act out in these ways, I can probably get what I want. And if he's if he's intelligent enough to come up with that, then he's intelligent enough to recognize what spanking means and what displeasure means. And he does. And so we train him that way. And, you know, when he sees that hand, he may think about that before acting out again as he gets to the yeah. knowledge of that you're doing this in love you're not doing it to um you're doing it in love to discipline but you let him know for the glory of god because this is what the lord says and we want you to to be obedient to the lord and i think these are good things but this would be foreign today here in right. america it, it's yeah, foreign. i know and i and i hope for some christian families it isn't um yeah foreign uh, because we are, we live in a culture that, we live in a culture that's based so much on feelings over facts, especially biblical fact. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Pastor, Pastor Michael, we're out of time, and this was great. We had no idea we were going to talk about, but um, sign us off, brother. Yes. 
It's a joy to do these podcasts with Dom. To all of you listening in, we pray and hope that you are all blessed. This is Street Talk Theology, where we take theology, bring it to the streets, um, and uh, reach us at any point you want and uh, write in to us. We love doing this. God bless you all in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. You can visit Pastor Dom at Desert Sky Baptist Church at 891 West Corson Road, Casa Grande. And for more information, visit us online at www.desertskybaptist.org.